We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to a very special edition of the State of the Union podcast. Joining us, and when I say us, myself and uh, David Mossy, oh, you know him, you love him. Matt Turner, 27-year-old Matt Turner, coming to us from his parents' basement, it looks like. He looks phenomenal. His hair looks great. He's got chest hair flying in this huge video that we have behind us, for those of you that are just listening. Matt, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. That's uh, that's a new intro. Uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's good. All right, so let me uh, give just a brief synopsis of who you are, so my people, some people might not know. All right, Matt Turner, 27 years old. He's a good Jersey kid out of Park Ridge, New Jersey, uh, St. Joseph's High, Fairfield University, uh, Jersey Express. I brought, I, I wore my Detroit Express in honor of all uh, soccer teams named Express that have existed in the U.S. Uh, then you went on trial with the Revolution in 2016. They loved you, but they sent you out on loan to Richmond. Then you came back in 2018 burst on the scene from an MLS perspective and haven't looked back as the starting goalkeeper for the revolution. And you then parlayed that into, as far as I'm concerned, the starter for the U.S. men's national team, arguably. And I'm sure your friend Zach Steffen will have something to say about that. And we saw you star in the Gold Cup and you have since gone on to great things. But your time in MLS will be ending here soon as you are getting ready to go over uh, and start uh, the next season with Arsenal. All right, that's a brief synopsis there. This is what I want to ask you first, because... Over the last few months, uh, you're just coming back recently from an injury here. And I want to make sure that we have this clear because there's been so much confusion and controversy out there about Matt Turner's foot. All right. So the way I understand it, the U.S. qualifying game uh, for the World Cup that you played in, I was there. It was We were freezing our asses off together. Uh, you may be more so being down on the field there in Minnesota. Um, after that game, while you had frostbite... That was not the reason why you were hurt and you had your uh, foot hurt, right? Is that correct? Am I stating it correctly for everybody out there? Uh, yes, mostly correct. It was it was never actually frostbite. Um, it was more just the fact that I was running around so much. Uh, I developed tendonitis in my foot. Uh, I guess everything being so cold sort of expedited that process, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't frostbite, and it was not the injury that kept me out for a few months. 
So you never had frostbite, therefore never any kind of gangrene, or you know when they, you know, in the movies when you see it turn all black and do all that kind of stuff, you were okay. Yeah, like um, like Deeds' foot. Yeah, it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, um, let's go. Let's get right into it uh, because, as I mentioned, you are back with uh, with the Revolution playing. It's it hasn't gone great for the Revolution, and I know you're only going to be there for half the season. But before we get into the Arsenal move and some other things that we want to talk about here with my friend uh, David Mossy, what do you think? Uh, and you've actually had a kind of a sideline view of this. What is the biggest difference between this version of the New England Revolution and last year's version of the regular uh, revolution that was so successful? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, if you look at our last two games where we drew 2-2, I, I think we most of our games last year were, were, were shootouts where we ended up getting that third goal and, and winning it 3-2. to two. Uh, In the Columbus game, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we hit the crossbar in the 91st minute and yesterday late in the game, we hit the post and it just felt like last year, all those sort of roles were going our way. Um, and this year they're not, but we're also not finding ways to win like we did last year. So that's probably the biggest difference. I, I wouldn't say we were like a defensive powerhouse last year. We just sort of found ways to win. And right now uh, we're not, we're not finding ways to get, get over the line at three points or even a, even a point in certain scenarios. Uh, Matt, when you reflect back on last season, there's an eternal debate in MLS about uh, what is the significance of the Supporter Shield versus MLS Cup. Uh, you guys set an MLS points record. You you did so many amazing things, and then the playoffs didn't go the way you would have hoped. So when you think back to last season, is it positive feelings? Would you say it was a great campaign, or is it a sense of disappointment because of the way the playoffs went? Um, you know, obviously in the moment you think disappointment because you have that home field advantage and, you know, the way a lot of sports in this country sort of look at professional sports, it doesn't really matter unless you, you know, hoist up that tournament trophy at the end of it all. But I think culturally, uh, MLS has shifted over the past, you know, I'll call it few, a uh, few seasons and teams that dominate the regular season and win the supporter shield. Um, are typically typically looked at as teams that are are tremendously successful within uh, within the league, and so I, you know, you know, obviously it's stung. But then I'm sorry, there's a car getting towed right outside my my I guess my mom's basement here. But um, oh, your mom's gonna be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I mean, yeah. You look back and you think it's it's definitely a success. All the wins, um, all the tough positions we found ourselves through 34 games and found ways to win. Um, on the road, at home, in front of the fans, you know, you gave your fans something to cheer for for an entire season. And obviously it doesn't come with a star at the end of it all. But, um, you know, I think it's something to definitely be proud of and shows, you know, where this organization is, is headed. Uh, let's let's do a little calendar work here. Um, obviously, uh, the as we were recording, this Arsenal is playing. The, the uh, EPL is coming down to a final weekend uh, this weekend coming up. Have they told you when you are be going to be asked to report and therefore when do you think your last game for the revolution will be? Yeah, so um, my official release is the 24th of June. So um, I think the Revs have games. Uh, we have games on the 19th of June and then the 26th. So I would be available for selection for the 19th, but not the 26th. So uh, I'm, my flight's booked for right after the, that game on the 19th. Uh, my wife is actually heading over three weeks before that because she's due in, in July and uh, she's got to get over there before the, that 36 week mark. So um, so we're going to be split apart for, you know, like three weeks 
Um, but she'll be over there. I'll get out there and then uh, sort of do my medical and get ready for a new season to start. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So uh, do you know what it is, boy, girl? Uh, so this boy is now potentially going to be a dual national. Is that what we're talking about here? That is true. Oh, this isn't good at all. All right. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is not good. Well, congratulations to, to you and your and your wife and to this dual national that is going to be born over there in, in, um, in England. As far as playing, because I know when we talk about uh, especially the goalkeepers in the, uh, the U.S. national team. Playing time is something that we talk about a lot with Zach Steffen being a number two right now. And who knows what you're going to be. H- have they told you where they at least initially see you fitting in in terms of the hierarchy of goalkeeping at uh, an arsenal? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, it's we've spoken a lot about those, those types of things. And um, if I didn't believe in the system and how it would help me grow, I probably would have turned down the move, to be honest. Um, I know that this is a really important season, but I think that this move and getting over there and uh, will be really good for my growth. Um, it's going to challenge me in a lot of ways uh, on the ball specifically um, because Arsenal typically like to play out, out from the back. Um, and, you know, playing in MLS didn't, didn't guarantee me, uh, you know, even playing really well in MLS didn't guarantee me a starting spot uh, for the USMNT. So it's a good, it's a good place for me to sort of go over and now, you take out the, okay, one's in the EPL, one's in MLS. How does that weigh out? Uh, one's playing, one's not. It sort of is like an equalizer in a lot of ways. So I'm going to go over there. Um, I have all to fight for in preseason as I understand it. Um, but I know Aaron's had a great season for, for Arsenal. And, uh, you know, he's considered their number one. And I'll, I'll probably come in considered the number two. But um, I've been considered a lot worse than a number two in my in my career. So... Take it. Take, um, it, take it away from his hands. Yeah, I'm going to show up every day. I'm going to show up ready to work, uh, and I'm uh, I'm going over there to give this my best shot. You know, I'm I'm uh, I want to see how far I can take this thing. I have I have nothing to lose. I mean, I've I exceeded almost every single expectation that people have set out for me. Uh, I've exceeded expectations for myself, um, and I want to see how far I, I I can I can take things. And I'm I'm going to drive, and and I'm going to keep working hard. And I'm going to just try to keep writing my story. And Matt, you mentioned that uh, just now, uh, when people evaluate you as a goalkeeper, they tend to say he's a great shot stopper, but not that great with his feet. Uh, do you think that's a fair assessment? Is that the one area of your game where you do think there's some room for improvement? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I think I can improve in all areas of my game if, I, if we're being candid. And that's just the way I look at things all the time. Um, it's an area of my game that has come along the most since I became a professional soccer player, because if you guys asked me to pass the ball around 10 yards with you guys back in 2016, I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, I wouldn't have been able to play a first time pass. I wouldn't have been able to take a touch and play the other side, clip a ball out to my wing back. I, I I've learned so much. I've worked really, really hard in that area and I'm starting to read the game better and better. And I think you see sometimes, you know, those games in, in Central America where the pitch is a little bit different, it's, it's challenging to play for, for everybody. Um, but the games at home, particularly in that January window, I thought that I did a pretty, pretty solid job with the ball at my feet. Um, and that was after, you know, a camp in December where I was with the national team for two weeks and then another three week camp in January where I'm working on those things time and time again. Cause you know, to be, uh, you know, with the revs, we play a little bit more old school, you know, for under pressure, we kick the ball long, but, I was challenged in different ways when I was training with the national team. 
And I think once I rolled that into the games in January, uh, I showed it on the field that I was more comfortable on the ball. Obviously, the injury comes at a pretty bad time, so I didn't get to continue to work on that. Um, but it's something that I know training at a high level with Arsenal in the beginning is going to sort of help to push my game along in that sense every single day. Well, allow me to challenge that narrative out there that people have. Uh, not that anybody cares necessarily what I have to say, but I think it's a bullshit criticism, to be quite honest with you, in terms, and, and, a, and a lot of what you said is absolutely true. How, how quickly you have evolved and grown, not just with your feet, but absolutely, if that's the criticism that people have, then I would, I would point them to your, your, uh, your body of work and how quickly you have gotten to be, I think, really, really good with your feet. And you are combining both of those uh, when it comes to shot stopping and the ability to play out of the back. But I also think it shows how much you believe in yourself, uh, how 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 much of a sponge you are, maybe, uh, and how quickly you can suss out a situation. And so I want to kind of take you back a little bit because your your pathway is is, is kind of unique. And it's not as if you were born into soccer. It's not even as if you started playing in the way that a lot of young players play to play today. What ultimately attracted to you? And now that you are knee deep in the sport, what makes it special? And I guess has uh, has grown this love that you have for the sport. I know it's kind of a wide question, but uh, I'd like to hear uh, what you have to say. Well, it's definitely taken a lot of thought because I loved every sport growing up, you know. And I always thought about why this was so intriguing to me, why this position. Um, first of all, what I will say about what you were just what you were just talking about is, is my background shaped who continues to shape who I am today because the only thing that I really know is that I don't know anything. You know, like as the famous quote says, like I, I really attack every day with a mindset of I need to learn something, I can learn something, and I'm going to work on my areas of weakness because I see every area of my game as a weakness. I, that's just the mentality that's been instilled in me because I've never had a good resume uh, of playing. You know, I never, I always had to prove myself every single day if I wanted to get an opportunity. So that's sort of where that comes from. And then I guess the the, the thing with why soccer was the most beautiful game to me is, is uh, out of all the different sports, it, it was the, in the world cup in 2010, and I'd never watched a game of soccer in my whole life. It was the game. It, I, I was up out of my seat screaming, you know, and, and I literally watched everything, you know, Yankee. I was from North Jersey Yankees. Uh, I was a big devil's hockey guy, like the nets, you know, and uh, it, it, it just, nothing sort of nothing captivated me the way the world cup did in 2010 and i'd be lying to you if i said right there oh yeah i'm going to be on the national team one day absolutely not but it inspired me and my friends that i was friends with in high school to after the the games in south africa ended we would go out to the field and we would play ca uh, candidly casually and i just always loved the groups of people that soccer brought me around um different cultures being from north jersey um a Jewish kid in a predominantly white town. Um, you know, you don't get a exposure to lots of different ethnicities. And then now all of a sudden, uh, I go to college. We have guys from Jamaica. We have guys from England. We have guys from uh, Spain and, um, you know, all different, you know, cultures and, and the way it brings people together. Um, yeah, it is truly remarkable, really, you know, all people, all different backgrounds, all different skin tones, coming together. It's like a social experiment in some ways. They all come into the same locker room. 
with one thing in mind, and that's try to win. And they don't speak the same language. Uh, they've been brought up through the game in di different ways, but you have to figure it out 11 versus 11 on the field and, uh, and find ways to win. And it's just so, uh, fun to watch. And, and, um, it, it just, it, it's really became my passion. And I think that that was a lot of ways. My background in lots of different sports was great because now I, I get this new ignited passion at 17, 18 years old. And now I'm only 10 years, I'm only 10 years old. You know, I'm not 27. I've been playing since I was five and drilled into the ground. I'm, I'm, I'm 10 years old. Quick, quick follow-up to that. At, at what point do you have to transition from being kind of, the, you know, the little engine that could and, and woe was me and, you know, uh, punching above your weight and all that kind of stuff? Because, you know, at this point, if you're the starting goalkeeper in November, nobody's going to give a crap about, you know, when you started playing soccer or anything. It's just, it's saved the ball. And certainly when you go to uh, Arsenal and for the revolution, for that matter, it's, it's, it's a, a really fun and interesting story and certainly it informs you, but there's also a point where you have to grow up, I guess, <laughs> to a certain extent and use that maturity. So when does that start to happen? It's a good point. I think I'm, I think I'm on my way there to be honest with you, Alexi. And, and it, it, it you know, it's something that, Obviously, I've prided on uh, taking pride of is my background and my history being different. But you know, once you get over overseas, and you know, once the World Cup stage lights are on, no one cares. Like you said, uh, there's a million different stories, a million good, uh, good, good fortune stories, and uh, you're just one of another very many people. So uh, yeah, it's just it's probably around then. I'd say it's probably around right now. You know, um, once I get over there, uh, making a name for myself, and then you know, hopefully starting when we get to Qatar. And we found out a few weeks ago who the U.S.'s group stage opponents will be. It's England, Iran, and a yet-to-be-determined European side. It'll either be Wales, Ukraine, or Scotland. Uh, thoughts on that draw? I think it's great. Um, I think it's a group that uh, we are you know, hopeful to get out of. Um, and, you know, I I'm really excited that we drew England, um, not only because I went to college with probably 13 or 14 English guys over my, in the course of my four years, but also because I'm going to England. Um, and it's an immediate connection with the guys in the locker room, being an American international and playing with a few England internationals, English internationals, and, and just having that connection right away, um, having something in common uh, coming from, uh, this will be the first time I've ever switched locker rooms, um, you know, since I got to the Revs. So seven years, the same locker room. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a difference, but to have that little bit of bonding right away is, is going to be really nice to help me settle in over there. Have you ever been to England? I've been, yes. I, okay. I went when I was in college, uh, visiting my, my college roommate uh, lives over there. He's still, he's still in London, but he's from, he's from the area. So I went, went and visited him for like almost two weeks, I think. Very, very good time. And you mentioned uh, your wife uh, and your pregnant wife is going over there. Have you found a place to live or how's that working? Yeah, we got it all sorted out. The club was very helpful with all that. Um, so we have a place to live. Um, we probably would have waited a little longer if we weren't having the, you know, to explore the areas a little bit, uh, if we weren't having a kid. But, um, you know, with having uh, our due date in July, it was pretty important to us to have a place to go, get it set up and, um, and you know, get, get Ashley a, a doctor and um, and a hospital that, so we can start making the birthing plan and all that. So it's, it's really exciting stuff. Um, but yeah, honestly, it was the, the, the club were, were so accommodating and so helpful through that whole process. Well, listen, you got an exciting, uh, future ahead of you, both on and off the soccer field. Uh, but as far as the, later this year, 
uh, and the World Cup, and we'll 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 end it here. Um, why should the U.S., uh, for that matter, the world, believe in this U.S. men's national team that is qualified for the World Cup? If you were if you were giving the uh, um, the presentation and explaining why this is a team that deserves our time and deserves our support and deserves our belief, what would you be pointing to? Well, first of all, we don't deserve anything. We, we have to earn that. We have to earn that support and that belief. And I think that starts in the first game. You know, we can drum up as much excitement as we want, but, uh, but we got to earn that support, um, you know, from, from the, the, that first whistle. Um, and, and I'd say, you know, we just have a bunch of dogs. It's a, it's a young team with, with little experience. And, uh, you know, you go through that, that CONCACAF World Cup qualifying and, uh, maybe at times wasn't as convincing as uh, most of our fans would have loved it to be. Um, but that, you know, was playing with expectation. Now we go over there, we can be a little looser. We can have a little more fun and we, we can go out there and, and just battle and, uh, and just really express our being American and, uh, and what it means to, to, to fight for something bigger than yourself. Do you consider yourself the number one? I consider myself in the running for the number one. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Monty, you got anything else for our friend here? Yeah, last one from me. Uh, who do you think is the best goalkeeper in the world right now, or at least your favorite to watch? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, man, it's been evolving so much for the last few years. It was definitely Ederson. Uh, I loved watching him. Uh, he really... He really made my life a little harder, though, because uh, he sort of changed what the modern goalkeeper, uh, you know, expectation is because of how good he was with, or is with the ball at his feet. Um, but I've I've really, really been enjoying enjoying watching Allison pretty much since the end of last year into now. Um, he's just so consistent for Liverpool. Um, he shows up in big games. Um, he's really leveled out his risk reward with the ball at his feet. And again, like I said, just showing up in those big moments, making big saves that sort of fly under under the radar uh, sometimes, you know, and and little little plays, little adjustments. Um, so watching his game has been has been a real pleasure over the last year and a half. All right, last one, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go here for me. You know, I I believe that uh, goalkeepers are a necessary evil. You know, you you can't live with them, you can't throw them off a bridge. Uh, but they have saved my ass many many times over the years, and. Um, and I know you continue to do that for the players that you have in front of you. What's the most frustrating thing uh, that it doesn't have to be defenders, but a lot of times it's defenders do in front of you? I, I, I had goalkeepers at different times tell me, I know you think you're doing something to help me, but you're actually hurting me. You know, whether it's uh, blocking the, uh, the angle or sliding at the last minute or letting it go through your legs and something like that, as opposed to letting you actually do your job and save the ball. Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, for sure it's not blocking crosses. Like you know, like when you're right there and a guy's on his strong foot and and you let. I understand a few crosses are going to come in, but um, you know, blocking crosses is is got to be up there on the list. And also when a when a defender runs at the ball in that straight line, um, where like the goalkeeper's always positioning them themselves like with their hips sort of in the middle of the goal. So they have a vision of the ball and they sort of line their hips up mm -hmm. and a, and a defender running straight in that same line and, and thinking like, Oh yeah, I'm going to block something, but really they're just, you know, taking away your vision of the whole play and not shutting off either half of the goal. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, listen, uh, we're going to let you go, but we want to thank you for coming on the State of the Union. And I want to wish you all the luck in the world, man. I mean, your story, like thank I you. said, is incredible. We've only touched the surface of it. And so for those that have you out there you're watching or listening, you should really go and find out because it's uh, an incredible twists and turns and ups and downs. And that Matt Turner is both on the verge of uh, going over to Arsenal after a stellar career with Major League Soccer, which in and of itself was uh, amazing and um, potentially starting uh, for the U.S. men's national team at the World Cup uh, in November and December in Qatar is a tribute to what an incredible uh, young man you are. And I wish you all of the success, uh, the success going forward, as I said, on and off the field, including uh, in July when you have an arrival uh, that will be yeah. more important than any of the stuff that we are talking about here. So my best to you uh, <laughs> and your you. lovely wife and have a wonderful time over there with your adventure in uh, in England and then we will catch up again with the national team throughout the year then obviously in, uh, in Qatar. Thank you, Matt Turner. Yeah, looking forward to that. Thanks for having me on and I appreciate all the well wishes. Thanks, Alexi. Awesome, awesome. And thanks you for uh, tuning in to a special edition here of the State of the Union podcast. 